Day seven of training camp is in the books, and I got Mike Miracles with me uh, in the Lions Den Studios, <laughs> which apparently on Donaldson, uh, Nolansville Pike, there is a Lions Den adult store. Ooh. So I don't know if I really need to be calling this the Lions Den Studio anymore. I mean, unless they want a sponsor. Yeah. Maybe that's <laughs> what we need. We need to get a sponsor from the adult uh, toy shop. Um, <laughs> on brand. So... It was a hot one today. Very hot. And no clouds. The big overreaction, I think, probably of the day was co- to Corey Davis oh, yeah. going inside. Yep. Vrabel said planned uh, maintenance. Yeah. Day. Yeah. Let me ask you a question because it sounds like it can be either at the coach's discretion or the player's discretion. If the if the fans are in attendance, shouldn't maybe Corey stay out and choose a non? I mean, like. They, they um, got rewarded. I, the fans that stayed did not get rewarded today with a good offensive showing. I don't I don't think he can afford to care about that because, frankly, what we saw from the offense today just shows how valuable 84 is. So if he felt even slightly just, you know, tight or anything like that, then it's smart to take the day off. I mean, they do have the Nissan Stadium practice tomorrow night, which is going to be way more fans so it would be better for him to miss this one than to miss that one for sure so i i have no problem with him taking the day i think Vrabel said that he was borderline uh as far as like needing a day off anyways so they decided to just go ahead and give him one after he, he came out and warmed up and they've done that a few times now where the guy will come out go through individual drills like you know we've got i, I posted some video of Corey davis uh catching some passes and in individual drills he looked to be moving around just fine um, but then he jogged in afterwards. So they do that sometimes, you know, let a guy come out, get loose, uh, you know, do a little bit and then go back in and get some rest so that they don't have to really exert themselves in the team period parts. So let's, let's do talk about one injury and that injury is uh flu. David Flewellen got injured. I did now, not see that. Yeah. So that was apparently he limped off and went to the trainers and everything. So I guess the question is, is if he is out for any extended period of time, because he was kind of doing a fullback kind of role, yeah. where does the fullback play into going forward? Do we have to have a fullback? Are we going to put the tight end back in and do see some uh, tight end runs like we did last year? <laughs> I mean, what's the plan? I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of runs out of the fullback spot either way, but the, I believe the plan would be to go to a, a – tight end to slide slide over just like stalker did last year i mean he he ran a ton of fullback uh for them and i think it ryan hewitt we know i know we've seen in that spot in that fullback spot behind uh flew ellen i would guess he would probably be the first guy um although i think michael pruitt could do it but he uh he's being used more as kind of the dedicated blocking tight end right now so i'm not sure they'll move him out of that role well Let's let's go back to Corey Davis real quick. Uh, Michael Thomas got a five-year, $100 million extension. Julio Jones, uh, it was announced last night by the uh, owner of the uh, – was it the owner or general manager that said that they're going to make him even more – paid even more higher? Oh, I did not see that, yeah. Yeah, so th- they basically already put on the table all their cards and stuff. So with that being said – we had talked off off uh, the air uh, a couple days ago when the Michael Thomas news broke about how this would affect 
Corey Davis's contract. Yeah. And you seem to think that if he has the similar stats to last year, but better, like 1,200 yards area for mm-hmm. the next two years with... you, I don't think we ever talked touchdown. We were just talking opportunity and yeah. that kind of stuff. That he will get... You were saying that, at first saying that he will get in that range. Yeah, I think he could. I think that he's going to be more in the second contract for like Alshon Jeffrey, the contracts for AJ Green, T.Y. Hilton, where it's less than eighty million. I Those really are think older contracts, though, right? Well, some of them. I mean, I don't think T.Y. Hilton's was. And um, who who? Gosh, I was looking at somebody, and they had just got an extension, but. I'm thinking Jarvis, Jarvis Landry had gotten, but he got like 15 mil a year plus. Right. I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at is per year value. Yeah. Um, And I I think, I think Davis has got to be somewhere between that 15 and maybe that 20 million range. I, you know, I don't know that he'll be the highest paid receiver in football. You'd have to see him really have, uh, uh, you know, go to a totally different level to get into that conversation with Julio and Michael Thomas, but I don't think he's going to be far off of that number. I mean, do you think he is going to get a five-year deal? Or I guess when it comes down to it, it the years really inflate everything because a five-year yeah. $100 million deal with $61 million guaranteed over the five years really is not a lot. Yeah, um, There's a lot of incentives and a lot of this and that it depends you know, on it. like where the guarantees are right. and how many years are actually guaranteed the um i mean i i see like a four year the the problem that i see with us paying Corey davis this top five kind of money because that's essentially what, what you would be paying him to get him into that stratosphere yeah is that we're not a pass heavy offense and right and right now do you is that I mean, do you pay that much money for top 15 wide receiver production, technically? I think, so I think, this. I mean, this is kind of how it works with most NFL contracts. If you've got a guy that's like top 10 to 15 in his, at his position in the league, he's going to get paid like a top five guy when his contract comes up. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. Like, I mean, when Matt Ryan signed his giant deal, he wasn't the best quarterback in the league. But he was one of the 10 best quarterbacks, so he gets paid like he's the best quarterback in the league. So I think, you know, wide wide receivers and quarterbacks, obviously a little bit different, but I I think here's the problem, too. So if you're looking at it from Davis's standpoint, if the Titans exercise his fifth year option next spring, which they have to decide by, what is it, like May or or March or something like that next year, um, and he's he's already under contract for this year. He's under contract for next year for sure. The question then becomes the 2021 season is is the option that they have to choose for. If they exercise that option, that is going to pay him basically like a top five receiver for a year. And, you know, that's where he's going to set his benchmark for for salary. And I think that that would be where his agent will start that conversation is well, my guy just made this much for this year. You know, he wants to stay at that level or more moving forward. You know, most guys don't want to take a pay cut after getting, you know, the, that kind of money. Well, it'll be inter- interesting to see what happens going forward. This is something we'll have to revisit after we see Corey Davis and how he performs yeah. and see how this offense performs. Because if this offense is a little bit more pass heavy and 
then that may change my mind on what yeah. I think that he's going to get paid. I think um, he deserves to get paid. I don't think I don't know if he deserves in by this team in this offense to get paid that amount of money. Well, I guess the question becomes do the Titans want to be a run team forever? You know? Right. And if they are if they were a run team last year out of necessity but really Vrabel wants to be a little bit more balanced, uh, then that's a totally different ball game for for what you're looking at for Davis, I think. But you know, we're a long way off from from having to really worry about the, this conversation. But I think by the end of this year, you'll kind of know um, where Davis is trending. You know, whether or not the Titans pick up his fifth year option will tell you a ton, um, because that's not going to be an expensive or that's not going to be a cheap uh, fifth year option. There, that's it's going to pay him probably i think in the 16 million dollar range yeah uh for that season so uh we'll find out pretty soon but i I think it's worth at least looking at the wide receiver contracts over the next year or so to see kind of where those are going because because davis has the potential to get there he's not there yet has the potential to get into that range well we both went into uh day five and or you went to we both went day five you went to day seven yep so I want to kind of compare the two days since you were there for both of them and you had eyeballs on the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about someone that maybe uh, wasn't as uh, wasn't a big name or wasn't very well or talked about a lot on day five. So a big riser from day five to day seven that you think had an average day on day five and had a tremendous day on day seven. I guess the guy that jumped out to me, and partially this is, you know, it's it's hard because when you're watching these practices, there's so much going on, and you can only watch so many players on on any individual play. There's no replay. There's no you know, go, rewinding the DVR. You get one chance to see it, and then it's gone. Um, so it it kind of depends on where you're looking. But the guy that I watched today that really impressed me that you know maybe I hadn't noticed as much the other day was Derek Roberson uh the outside linebacker undrafted free agent out of Sam Houston State he really showed up so I I, they split off into two groups during practice at at one point where they were doing uh basically they were doing seven on sevens um on one end of the field with the the offense like quarterbacks receivers uh tight ends versus linebackers and defensive backs and then on the other side of the field, they were doing offensive line versus defensive line, like a pass rush drill. So, you know, most of the time I tend to watch, just like everyone else tends to watch, the seven-on-sevens because those are just more fun to watch in general. And, you know, it's it's you've got a better chance of seeing like a spectacular play or something. But with Corey Davis not being not not practicing by that point uh in the day I decided to go down and watch the offensive and defensive line work and Roberson um was matched up with AT Hall who's another undrafted guy out of Stanford he's you know almost certainly not going to make the team and you know take that with a grain of salt for sure for competition but Roberson absolutely dusted him twice in a row uh, showing some really good explosiveness and bend around the edge. And he's got a little bit of that, you know, I I would not dare to say he's anywhere near as good as Harold Landry right now, but he's got a little bit of that Harold Landry speed edge rush to his game 
and he's you know he was able to get down low and and really turn the corner on him twice in a row and I thought that was pretty impressive he then turned around and did that in a team period and got what would have been a sack so um, pretty impressive day from Roberson he's not uh, working super high in the rotation just yet but I, I thought he showed up who who's somebody uh, that maybe fell from their production on day five to day seven in your mind I mean, people are going to hate to hear this, but Marcus Mariota, uh, he it's not that he was bad today. He had he he wasn't terrible. I've I've certainly seen him practice worse. He he was actually pretty good early in the day, but there was a late uh, two minute drill period where the first team defense just absolutely suffocated the first team offense. And Mariota had a pair of overthrows in that period as well um, that were kind of unforced errors by him. So. You know, he wasn't quite as sharp today. Again, this is without the benefit of having Corey Davis on the field. It made a huge difference. Like, it was noticeably less space for everyone uh, on the first-team offense just with the absence of of Davis. Uh, People that maybe we saw on day five that we were surprised by their performance, whether good or bad, that kept that performance and momentum going, uh, someone that kind of just stayed the status quo. So we we talked about Khalif Raymond, um, one of the he's kind of been a journeyman wide receiver in the league, small guy with with a lot of speed. Um, he showed up. I think we both noticed him. We talked about him uh, from Wednesday's practice, and then today he was kind of rewarded. He was practicing. He he got some first team reps in uh, Davis's spot essentially, um, and he still was making plays. I mean, he was open. He made several catches. I think. Of all the wide receivers, him and Humphreys were probably the most consistent uh, as far as getting open, catching the ball during the periods that that I saw. So, um, yeah, I thought I thought he had a good day. Uh, who are you buying right now as a legit contributor to this team that maybe nobody else is really talking about? Um, let's see, that's a tough one. Um. I don't know. I, th- I don't think there's a ton of surprises on the defensive side of the ball. I think one guy to keep an eye on on the offensive side, and it's it's not a uh, sexy name by any means, but um, Jamil Douglas, the the guard. Um, he wasn't on anybody's radar uh, coming into this offseason, but he got some first-team reps in OTAs uh, during, I think, a day where Saffold was out um he's gotten some first team reps in camp and he continues to be a guy that looks like a pretty good athlete for an offensive lineman which is really what uh this scheme looks for um so i don't know i i'd like you know pick a less sexy position <laughs> than than offensive guard but uh Long snapper yeah yeah bo brinkley is going to be a big uh contributor but um yeah i i think Jamil Douglas has an outside shot at at making the team and even, you know, seems to be on the fringes of the competition for for that right guard spot. Uh, Well, we can always talk about uh, who we are selling. So the opposite of buying is selling, of course. So who are you really down on right now from that you're thinking, this guy is not meeting my expectations and I kind of wonder about his roster spot on the team? You know, 
Or someone that's even, you can either say someone who's getting overhyped by everyone else that's definitely not making the team. <laughs> uh, let's see. Overhyped. Um, we talked about Alex Barnes last pod. I, I think that still qualifies here because, I mean, it's very clearly McNichols um, among that, like, next the the next tier of running backs behind the the Henry Lewis Fluellen group, um, so I think I think Barnes is one of those. Um, I think the the other guys that maybe are getting overhyped would be like, I don't know if I'd say Anthony Ratliff Williams is overhyped, but he has his he, fair share of Twitter supporters. That's for sure. He does. And I think there's, there is a chance that he makes the roster. Don't get me wrong. I'm not down on him by any means, but I don't think he's ahead of Khalif Raymond right now. I don't think he's ahead of Darius Jennings right now. So I think as good, as much, a, as much talent as he might have and, and that he shows in flashes, I don't think he's quite the, the, product that those two guys are right now so i don't think unless he makes a pretty big push and there's still plenty of time for that but unless he makes a pretty big push it's hard for me to see him making the roster well let's talk about the defense because uh you'd put it out there that the defense pretty much clamped down everything yeah. that uh, is first team offense versus first team defense which uh without Corey being out there but technically, without Corey being out there, that's a good thing that these defensive backs clamp down these receivers because yeah. that's what you should do to talent that does not meet expectations, right? Yeah, absolutely. So Logan Ryan, I guess, knocked out a ball out of uh, a, uh, Adam Humphrey's hands. Yep. And then yeah, an incomplete beat, followed yeah. right after that, which yeah. I guess is some revenge for Adam Humphrey's constantly breaking Logan <laughs> Logan Ryan's ankles in one-on-ones. Yeah, so it sounds like the defensive backs, and particularly Logan Ryan, are kind of tired of hearing about uh, Adam Humphrey's and how good the receivers have looked early on, and they kind of responded today. I think um, Logan Ryan was was really good today. He had a nice pass breakup, like you, like you were mentioning, on uh, Adam Humphrey's. Uh, Adoree Jackson had a nice pass breakup against Khalif Raymond. Um, we also saw Jayon Brown in the, you know, coverage linebacker role, have a, a pass breakup on, uh, Deion Lewis. And he got a sack too, right? Yeah, or a tackle for loss. He had a, a sack and then another, I, I couldn't tell actually, he blew the play up so quick. I couldn't actually tell if it was a pass, pass play or like a, a read option that went wrong, but he had a, a sack and then like two players later, later came in and got another either sack or tackle for loss deep in the backfield. Logan Ryan also had a sack today on da a, a blitz. Daquan so. Jones had one, which yep. Daquan has had a nice camp since, I yep. guess, uh, training him and Harold Landry have kind of rubbed off on each other, it seems. Yeah. Which is a good thing if we can get something out of Daquan this year other than opening up lanes for the linebackers, yep. it would be fantastic. Yeah, I think Daquan's been pretty good. Um, and he and uh, Rashawn Evans combined on a sack today where they, they – it looked like twisted uh, in the middle of the defense. One of the things that, that was interesting, one of the looks that the Titans are, are giving is a big dime look. And we talked a little bit about big dime, big nickel last, last podcast, but um, they do have a look where they basically have Bayard and Hooker back deep. Uh, they've got Vaccaro kind of lurking near the line of, near the line of scrimmage as a kind of money backer kind of, kind of player. 
Uh, and then you've got, of course, Logan Ryan, Malcolm Butler, and uh, Adoree Jackson out there as your corners. And I noticed with that group today, they also had Jayon Brown on the field as kind of the sole like off-ball linebacker. And Rashawn Evans was actually in there as a pass rusher. So that is a really, really fast unit um, on the field. So uh, that was fun to watch. That was the group that uh, that got the uh, that they got the Daquan Jones, uh, Rashawn Evans sack out of. So that's that's an interesting look, and I'm excited to see that kind of continue to play out. Uh- that sounds like a lot of pressure being generated, which is always good, but it was against a what looks like on paper, at least, so you'll have to tell me what you saw, a probably my least favorite combination <laughs> of offensive linemen. You had uh, you had Kelly, Douglas, uh, Ben Jones, Pampfield, and Conklin. Yes. What did you see out of that unit? Uh, did Conklin continue to have a better camp than like he had on day five yeah i thought conklin and uh kelly for the most part were both fine i I thought most of the pressure uh seemed to come from the middle although uh logan ryan's i know came off of a blitz off the uh, off the corner so um yeah i I think that's not going to be your starting group obviously when the season opens you know no saffold no lawan and uh you know that's that's the best the two best players on that offensive line right. so not having those guys out there clearly makes a difference but um it's good to get the guys the the other guys some reps in there and and you know but clearly they were not that's not their best group and the defense made that pretty clear now you just came out with an article uh from 90 to 53 yes. i believe is what it was called a Tell 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 us a little bit about the overview of that article that you posted on Music City Miracles. So basically, I went through the entire ninety man roster, position by position, breaking down, you know, kind of who who is in, who's out, who's on the bubble at each position right now. As things stand, this is kind of based on practice reps and what we've seen from guys in the rotation. I, I think at this point, you have a pretty good idea of who's in the mix and who's out of the mix um because usually if a guy is if they're serious about keeping a guy he's going to at least get a few first team reps here or there or at least be a staple member of the second team so if you're a guy that's on the third team and is not getting any first team reps and you know maybe not even getting any second team reps you're really not under roster consideration right now you're you're pretty far down there so um, based on what I've seen at, at practices and what I've read from other reports and stuff like that, I, I basically ran through the roster and picked my, my 53, uh, that I think if the cut had to happen today, these would be the 53 that would be on. What, what would be a surprise while you were going through this list? And cause you, sometimes when you make one of these lists, you go through growth, go through it pretty quick. And then you come back and count how many you have and you either have too many or have not enough. Yeah. What was some of the big surprises as you were going through this list that did make the cut? So I guess the, probably one of the bigger surprises, I had Jeremy McNichols in um, a, as a fourth running back. So I think there's going to be a question on the offensive side of the ball. Where do you, where do you keep the extra, the extra guys? You know, Do you keep a fourth running back? Do you keep a third quarterback? Do you keep a sixth wide receiver, maybe even seventh wide receiver? Uh, I think they're going to keep four tight ends. I'd be pretty pretty surprised if 
Ferkser and Pruitt didn't get on the roster, and if if Jonu Smith is healthy, that would make that group four deep. But um, I had McNichols in. I had Darius Jennings in as my sixth wide receiver right now, though I think Khalif Raymond is right there with him right now. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I, I did have Roberson in um, along with DeAndre Walker behind kind of the top four um, on the outside linebacker group. I had Ladarius Wiley in at safety, but I he was the guy I felt least confident about because I haven't seen a ton of him working up near the top of the the rotation. Uh, Josh Kalou got some snaps uh, at the second team, I believe, with the second team group um, today at safety. He plays corner as well, so he's kind of a versatile guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to keep six corners and four safeties as, as opposed to five and five. Uh, which is what they did last year. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that that's one of the spots that I think is kind of up for grabs. But so, you did you have Dane making it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you had Dane Hooker. Do you consider Hooker a safety or a cornerback? Well, for the purposes of, I've got him as a safety. So, yeah. um, I get then who maybe didn't make the list that people may be surprised or may want. Uh, outside of maybe someone like Anthony Ratliff Williams, which we've already talked about. Yeah, I guess he would be one. Um, I don't know that there was any big shockers that I left off of my list. Um, most, For the most part, I think it's fairly clear who the, the top guys are. Um, Where, did you have David Long making it? I did, yeah. You did. So yeah, you, did all you have all, uh, I was about to say, did you have all the draft picks? Because that's something David Long. I've heard his name at least once this camp. Yeah. And but DeAndre Walker, I haven't heard a lot of. Is I watched you know, him a little bit today. I, I wondered if you did. What What was your takeaway from any anything that he did exceptionally well, or is he like kind of like the Tajay Sharp of the outside <laughs> linebackers? So I, I yeah, I, I don't know that I would say I was blown away with him. Like I thought uh, Derek Roberson had more impressive reps, at least the ones that I saw today. Um, but I didn't, I, I thought he, he won one of his, uh, pass rush reps in the kind of like one-on-one -on -one drills. And then I did see, I did see him around the ball a couple times in team period. So I, you know, I don't think he's necessarily standing out in a bad way or a good way. I think he's kind of like meh right now. So yeah, kind of like the, the Taze Sharp of the, uh, off or outside linebackers. So uh, we'll see, you know, I always think for guys like that, it's a lot easier to see when the lights come on in preseason and you can really go and try to tackle people. Cause you know, it's just hard for the defense in camp because you're, you're not able to tackle. You're definitely not able to touch the quarterback. I mean, I I'm thinking the top three outside linebackers right now, of course, in this in order, Harold Landry, Cam, Cam Wake and Sharif Finch. Yeah. I mean, so the fourth, would you put Roberson or? Camilla Correa, or would you put uh, DeAndre Walker? Usually it would be Correa. I, yeah. I think Correa is pretty clearly the fourth right now. Uh, he didn't practice today, so um, I think he must have some sort of injury going on. I, I don't know what it is, though. Um, but he didn't practice today, and Latroy Lewis actually saw some second-team snaps at outside linebacker. I don't know that. He's like a huge threat to make the roster right now, but he was pretty high in the rotation today. 
who is that? I don't think I've, <laughs> I mean, like to be completely honest, that's the first name that you've said or anybody said this off season that I did not know who that was. <laughs> so he's a uh, outside linebacker um, that, that was on the practice squad actually last year. They added him and uh, I think Nigel Harris um, to the roster last year at some point on the practice squad. And they were they were guys that ended the year on the practice squad and signed futures contracts at, after the end of the season. So um, he's back in in that may have been why he was working with the second team simply because he knows the defense and isn't going to be out there screwing things up uh, assignment wise. Um, I think that's about it. Uh, what is your biggest? Let's talk about this. What are you least concerned about with this team right now? Um, I guess it's easy to say Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. I feel like I'm not concerned at all that those two are going to be as advertised when the season Because starts. Paul Paul put out an article that you mentioned it yeah. uh, about wide receivers being overhyped, and here we go again. Right. And I kind of don't. At least, and this is how I clarified it, according to my timeline and what I see, because I'm not on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not on message boards for Music City Miracles or anything. <laughs> I mean, I have accounts, but I don't go to them. Right. Um, so I'll, my exposure for what this fan base is is purely our Twitter timeline. Right. And I don't get the sense that, according to my timeline, that the fans are overhyping anybody like they have in the past, like a Trey McBride or, you know... Yeah. Those those kinds of guys. I mean, I think they're happy. In fact, I think Khalif Raymond. Everybody's kind of mad that Khalif Raymond's doing good because they uh. want because it's taken out of context. But I mean, they're kind of mad about you know Khalif Raymond hype. I guess I, I've seen a little bit of that, and I find it intriguing. I guess it's because he's been around the NFL for a few years and hasn't really stuck. And now they're saying, well, if he's working over these guys, then. It must right. be that they suck, not that he's gotten better. Yeah. So I don't get the sense that we're overhyping anybody. In yeah. fact, I think that we should be hyping Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys, in my opinion. And yeah. I think that anything that has been said is within reason for those two. Because those you should get excited. Because yeah. that was the big thing about the thing was we're getting overexcited. Yeah. But can you know. get it overexcited about a... Wide receiver one and a actual wide receiver two that has both proven themselves to be very good at their job. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone's overhyping them. There's nobody, at least that I've seen, that is saying Corey Davis is better than you know Julio Jones or anything crazy like that. Or Corey Davis is basically Michael Thomas. Like nobody's out there saying that. I think everybody is cautiously optimistic that. Hey, this guy showed flashes last year. He seems to be building on that. This is kind of what you would expect the natural progression of things to be anyways. So I don't think it's, you know, anybody's out of line with what their expectations are. I don't think anyone's saying, oh, he's going for 2,000 yards and 20 touchdowns this year or anything crazy. You know, it's, you know, I think it's reasonable to expect him to go to break 1,000 yards, assuming the offense is in a complete, you know, mess like it was last year. but. I think that's about what people expect. I don't think that's overhyped. Um, I don't think Humphreys is overhyped. I, you know, I, I just think people think that, hey, they finally have two 
legitimate professional wide receivers, and I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think equating Corey the hype around Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys this offseason and excitement around that and trying to equate it to the hype that fans have had over Trey McBride and or players like DGB that. DGB or they're, Justin Hunter yeah, or whatever. They're they're wildly different. Yeah. It's it's a it's a wild it's a wild thing. Yeah. Biggest concern still to this day is what? Um I guess my biggest concern would be that the center guards center right guard spots on the offensive line. On a level from one is least concerned to 10 i am pressing the panic button where are you at on that spot though I don't just because you are it, the most concerned doesn't mean that it means yeah. that everybody needs to panic no i'd say i'm like a three or a four. Oh, so you're yeah. so you're you're pretty confident about this team and where it stands as a whole if like the most concerned team. you are is a three to four i mean short of like a, a mariota injury or like another nerve injury or some some crap like that happening I think this is a solid NFL football team. I, I, you know, can they be better than that? Maybe. Yeah, we'll see what what Mariota does. We'll see. You know, can the running game get on track? That's one thing we haven't really gotten to get a good feel of yet because we haven't had Derrick Henry out there. So you know, what's the running game going to look like uh, with this offensive line? We really don't have any clue, and it's hard and to it, tell. And from it's camp looked like a, a jumbled mess at camp, but I think There's, that's just yeah. because. It's just bodies are just the 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 point of view when you're at camp is not great to yeah, see really a running hard. play. It's yeah. it's horrendous. So there is no real elevation. Even the highest of the bleachers on the side of the stadium that they're running these drills uh, is not even. I still don't even think a good vantage point is the front row of. I mean, it's it's a worse than the front row of the stadium itself. So yeah. there there is no good vantage point at training camp right. at this point. Yeah, so it's, it's hard to tell. And I did think Deion Lewis had a nice run today. They worked the screen game pretty extensively and but it was like a three quarters through three quarters speed period where they weren't really going full speed. They were kind of working on timing and assignments on the screen game and stuff like that. Um yeah, I mean it Honestly, this practice was kind of on the boring scale of things for for people that went out there, not just because Corey Davis was out, but they did a lot of special teams periods. They did a lot of situational periods where it was like, here, we're going to practice clocking the clocking the the ball after a pass completion in a, you know, certain situation in the game or whatever. So there was a lot of that. The end period where they went two minute drill and the defense just choked the life out of the first team offense was. Um, probably the most uh, contested period of the day as far as people out there giving effort. They weren't even in full pads today. It was just shells um, shells and helmets. So uh, it was an interesting day. I will say that the second team offense uh, looked a lot better during that two-minute period going against, of course, the second team defense, which makes a huge difference. Um, but Tannehill was, was sharp, and they moved down the field and were able to get in field goal range, although – uh, Austin Barnard, the uh, temporary fill-in kicker for Ryan Suckup, missed the, uh, I think it was like a 38-yard attempt or something like that. So uh, the defense technically held on both uh, two-minute drills. But uh, Any final thoughts before we close this thing out? Um, I don't think so. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the scrimmage tomorrow night. I don't know that we're going to learn a ton about the team. It it might be fun to watch. Um, I would imagine it will be fun to watch. I'd encourage people to 
to go check it out for sure. Um, but I, I don't know that we're going to learn a ton about the team because it's going to be a jumbled mess of ones and twos and threes on each side of the ball um, just based on how they're selecting the teams and stuff. But Well, I uh, believe that's it. I don't think we have any other topics to talk about. Uh, until then, are you going to any more training camps or scheduled up? So I know they've got an open – I think they're, they're obviously open tomorrow night at Nissan Stadium. I don't know if I'm going to make it to that one or not yet. I don't think I am. Um, yeah, but, I don't think I am either. But uh, – I think they're open Sunday and then maybe like next weekend, but I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm going to be able to make those either. But I do know the next practice I know for sure I'll be at, uh, is going to be Patriots practices on October or August, uh, 14th and 15th, I believe it is. And those are open to the fans. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun to watch because then you really get an idea of, all right, how do these guys look going against guys that don't know their plays? Um, you know, cause that's the thing you get to this point at camp and, you've seen the same offense over and over and over again. You almost can't help but start cheating as like a defensive back. And, you know, that could be part of why we're seeing the defense really kind of strangle the offense at points. Um, but it's interest. It's more interesting when you get another team involved and they're seeing things fresh and you're getting to see like a live reaction. So I'm really excited to see those and, of course, get to see uh, the goat, uh, Tommy B, up in person. So. Yeah, that'll be pretty cool to get, be able to go see Tommy B. And I, I kind of wonder, um, Tommy Brady, if uh, how packed the uh, these pack <laughs> practices are. Dude, so I, I, if I go, I'm probably going to be getting there early. Yeah, now, you'll have a press pass, right? I, I will have uh, press credentials for both of those, so that that'll be fortunate. If and... anybody with the Titans is listening, I would love <laughs> a press pass or one of those shaded area tent VIP things. I'd yeah. take one of those too. Yeah, yeah, that uh, those are. I would imagine those are going to be packed. If I was, if I was, uh, you know, just a fan listening, should or we tailgate? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just set up the tailgate right there in the uh, media park yeah if, if if you're a titans person and you can get me a press pass at fwordspod at gmail.com just email me real quick and i'm dead serious i will take it yeah absolutely. and I, I swear i won't take any videos or anything i'll, I'll be a good boy he'll, he'll behave yeah so uh for mike miracles at mike miracles on twitter and music city miracles writer I am Zach, and you can find me running the Twitter account at FWordsPod. Follow us. Go to patreon.com slash FWordsPod, and you can get some more uh, some more content that we have. And other than that, you've just been effed. Effers. <laughs>